Roadshow episode number two four two one four two fourteen. I have trouble. It's it's it it's my that was my area code in Dallas. It was was two one four like growing up. Two one four. I was six one four. Yeah. So it was two one four in old school Dallas. Now they've got nine seven two four six nine. I think six eight zero. But when I saw that number there, I, it screwed me up because I wanted to say two one four because that was that's you know that's how you give out your area code. Yes, yeah, two one four dog. Anyway, Columbus is the six one four. Welcome to the MA Roadshow, episode number 214. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me. We're in Las Vegas. We were at the, the 702 right here. <laughs> That's a long time to have episode number 702. We're at the Casa de Cold Coffee, the palatial estate, man. I'm looking out. It's a beautiful Thursday afternoon, man. The sun is shining. It's, it's 80 degrees. It the, is beautiful. The window is open, man. The pool is looking very enticing out mm-hmm. there. Uh, Casa de Cold Coffee is has been well manicured in the backyard. I can see that you you put the help to work. Uh, they trim some of the the palm trees. I mean, obviously you've got gorgeous palm trees in this palatial estate of yours, and I can see that they've trimmed that up and, yes. and gotten it all ready for you to to enjoy your your yes. outdoor expanse. Now, if they would just pick the damn limbs up <laughs> <laughs> instead of. Blocking so that the pool boy can't get to the pool. It's hard to get good help, man. It it's hard to get hard good to get help. good help. I mean, they, you're right. They did trim, uh, but I do see the remnants over there that they Just, have obviously not properly disposed of. And I'm sure you'll address that uh, in your your evaluation of the I help will. at the next you know monthly meeting. I will. I'll be like, self, you suck. <laughs> It is a gorgeous day in Las Vegas. We are we are home this week, which is nice. You were on the road last week, of course, San Jose, California, Bellator 220. Uh, Got to ask you, man. I mean, wh- what an odd ending, right, for the main event. Roy McDonald, John Fitch, oh, they boy. fight to a majority draw. Uh, and, you know, of course, you got this tournament setting, so you got to come up with something. you got to get uh, somebody to advance. And, you know, at first I, I, I thought, well, yeah, that makes sense. You know, champion retains in a draw. Um he should move on. But the more I've thought about it, I feel kind of bad for Fitch. I mean, there's two scores of a draw, and the one score that does have it has it for him. Right. I almost feel like there should be like a special thing where if you're the one that got the one score in a majority draw, like you should advance in the tournament. And maybe maybe you don't get the belt, although I guess would that screw up the entire tournament if now the belt's not on the line anymore? I mean – Maybe you don't get the, the the belt from the champ because the champ retains in a draw, but I feel like maybe he sh- he should advance because he was the one that got the score. I think that's a great. I mean, I think that's a great solution. I like the idea of the the champ holds on to the belt because it is a draw, so that if it wasn't in a tournament format, no no belt would change hands. But I do like the idea of uh, Fitch in this case moving forward because you're right. I mean, if there's three judges, two are stalemated, and one actually picks a person as the winner, right? that should carry over. I mean, I get it that they wanted – they're trying to give some extra credence to the fact that the the title holder, you know, if he didn't lose, you can't take it away from him. And therefore, you know, if he didn't take the belt away, you know, let it, let it move forward. But in this situation, it felt weird. But I also – I mean – it was just that was just a weird fight to to sort of watch, you know, because uh, I was kind of torn because I in my head was thinking that with Fitch's control, uh, he did enough to to win the fight. Right. 
but there were some moments where he was really hurt. So I was like, okay, I could see where the judges maybe lean towards Rory. But then afterwards, it was just, you know, I think even he was shell-shocked. So, like, going from the post-fight interview and then even going back into uh, the post-fight interviews after the, the event, it just... It just felt weird. Like, yeah. the vibe was weird. Like, I had nothing really to, to like, say to him because I was just like, what do I say? I, I mean, I'm not even sure you won, bud. And, like, <laughs> he was even kind of just like, eh, you know, he was still dealing with the whole, uh, you know, not sure I can hurt another person anymore. And his his whole mannerism the whole week was just kind of this whole, um, you know, uh, switch to being a much more religious individual. He just – Rory's kind of an odd cat anyway. normally. Yeah, anyway. And then it just felt even more so. Like, even when it started coming out in our first interview that uh, Stephen Morocco, the Magnificent One, did, you know, once uh, the, the the subject of religion came up, you know, he was kind of a little rough. Like, he wasn't quite sure uh, he should really talk about it. Right. or he, Like, he was still kind of feeling the situation. And then as he kind of kept going it felt like okay and well he's talking himself into it you know it's becoming more and then from that point on the rest of the week it was religion 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 so obviously it's weighing on his mind a lot and i felt like that almost affected his performance you know and if it is in the a fact where you know uh he's looking at how religion is telling him how to act as a human being nowhere i'm sure in the bible you know does it say you know Make sure you punish your 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 opponent. You know, it's about you know being a better sportsman than you know another. Even though the, a lot of you saw you Michael know, Chandler's great quote though on the on the conference call, right, where he's like, "I talk to my God every day, and he has no problem with me beating someone's ass." Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting, and it does re- raise a, an interesting point where a lot of people want to credit uh, God with their athletic prowess, you know, and the gifts that He gives them, you know, where. Everywhere else in the Bible, you know, it talks about helping the other man. Don't do this. Don't right. do this. Don't harm people. Don't whatever. So it's kind of interesting when people use it to pick and choose, you know, to, to justify their means or to, to thank for their for their successes. Um, but it's interesting to see something that now is taking it what I would think more for like what the words actually saying and, you know, trying to want to help man and you know and maybe thinking about that maybe this isn't about bettering myself maybe or i mean at least in the sense about my own personal gain you know right. like maybe is starting to worry or think about the overall uh spiritual side of it or something so it was interesting but it just it made it wild, really man. fucking weird it to made- like sort of talk because me i'm not very i i consider myself sort of spiritual but i'm not a religious person right. you know i don't I don't go to church. I don't do whatever, you know, and I, I feel my relationship with religion has changed over the years and I've become much more of a humanist and much more about what we do to shape our uh, our world and our, you know, our living, you yep. know, as opposed to a supernatural force or a, uh, a being or somebody that's kind of shaping. I'm more about uh you know, I think, I, but I do like, I kind of pick and choose because I like certain things. Like I, I like the, the idea of karma and what you do to others comes back upon you. But I also realize that, you know, there's no real proof that any karma really exists right. or anything, but it's a certainly a good way to be out there. And, and, you know, and I think with even, you know, religion, you know, or any of those sort of things, you do good on others. Like you, you want to do them to do unto you, you know, so. Just- 
Um, you know, and this is getting really weird. I'm not sure why the fucking talking because I don't like to even talk about religion and all this other shit. But I think that's why it kind of the whole fight night and the whole week just kind of felt weird with yeah. Roy because I felt like I was watching somebody and he even admitted, you know, learning what he was sort of thinking about religion and he was taking it into himself and it and he was changing as he was believing more of these things. It was shaping him uh, to be the man that he wants to now be, but that inherently goes against i think what he feels like he has been doing so it was interesting to do it and it was kind of like man i like i feel like how, how do you ask somebody about what i guess could be a trivial sort of like oh what was your game plan when there is a man that's literally thinking about his spiritual being and like where he fits doesn't in seem real world. relevant it doesn't at all and it completely threw me off my game i was just like how do I how do I act because I'm not even quite sure where we are where I am you know yeah um, I mean I have my my you know ultimately my beliefs but it's just weird I mean that's like one of those things you know you almost want to be like can we just keep politics and religion out of fighting can we just have some good fight yeah we see some blood some shit talking you think he's making you know? a mistake by by continuing on because I was kind of surprised to see that that, he, that he's like because he continuing says, on in the tournament no because yeah, I think he said he came out and made a statement and said listen I'm in I'm doing this or we're gonna he's fight also got New another York. baby about to come out so he needs I that mean, money he needs that money so I mean he's got to realize too this is your chosen profession so it's uh well, it's a dangerous one though if you're not if you're not fully if you're not focused and fully I think I think ultimately he's still uh I think the 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 idea of being a top level athlete I think um it's he's not going to just shun that because he's maybe having an inner conflict I think that's something that eventually maybe outside after this tournament that might be something that he really does think but I think right now in the meantime he he sees the immediate thing and that's a big change I mean that's ultimately the thing of uh, he seems like he's close to walking away from the sport, but that's a very definite yeah. decision, not something to just, you know, like we always say too, like don't talk to some of these fighters immediately after the fight because they're not really there yet. They have yeah. the whole adrenaline dump. They've taken shots to the head. So I'm not, I don't want to look too much into where he's at right now, at least right from that spot, because I think as he thinks more about the overall situation, where he is in life and what his immediate needs I think uh, he can kind of push down to maybe doubts about what he does, you know, with that these that this religion is maybe entering into his head because he needs to take care of a business. But um, I could see him wanting to, you know, maybe step away. But he's got to figure out what are you going to do for a living to support your family, and sure. that's and that's tough. I don't know what he's been doing outside of things, but you know, he started fighting so young. I bet he didn't finish college or anything. I've yeah, never I talked mean, to him about just it, having but. faith in something is not going to pay the bills. I mean, I think it's a it's a noble idea, and it's a it's a it's wonderful for somebody that has the means that you can live a life where yeah. you know your faith and your belief and whatever. But you, that you have the luxury because things are taken care of. But um, that's it's, it's huge, huge things. I mean, this is this is uh, heavy stuff. I mean, a lot, to some people, you know, when it comes to like your soul and how you live your life, I mean, that's that's something that's uh, a lot bigger than say, you know, what I do for a living. You know, this is ultimately end game stuff. Where uh, when you look back on your life and you you ask yourself, are you a good person? Right. This is the kind of stuff that he's thinking in his mind. This is outside of, oh, am I going to be the Hall of Fame? I'm, you know, what are people going to think about me? This is, this is him coming to grips. Which with can't come now. to your, you can't come to your landlord and be like, bro, 
I ain't got no rent, but you know what? I'm a really good person. I'm a man. really been, good person I've been, now. I've been putting out good energy <laughs> in the world, man. It doesn't doesn't really work the way. It's I up. wonder how much of the fact that his next round matchup is against Neiman Gracie that made him because like with that it's gonna, it's going to be a jujitsu battle, right? I mean, it's going to be more yeah. of a, a grappling contest. I don't I don't think he's going to come out looking to to trade hands with you. I wonder if that had anything to do with it, where it's like. I almost feel like this will be more of a grappling match than it will be an actual MMA fight. Yeah. An MMA fight where I need to where I need to hurt somebody. I was just surprised that he had such a hard time uh, dealing with John Fitch. Now John Fitch and the the way that his grappling is wrestling, like he's, he's it made me, for that. It yeah. made me worried for him when it gets to the ground. Even though it is jujitsu and jujitsu, it feel like like I mean, granted, I think all these guys are they're granted that bad days can happen, but sure. that was a bad day on the ground for Rory. Like seeing Rory's performance right there, uh, going into a guy that is, you know, a superior level jujitsu guy. Yeah, 100%. I'm not confident. I'm not confident with him right now on the ground. And and if it's a mental block that's going on right now, he's going to need to get that clear because yes, both guys have jujitsu, but you know, after watching his performance uh, uh, against Fitch, he had no answer for the ground. He was not. He was not attacking. Was not offensive at all, and he was just stuck. And that's why I think Fitch should have got the win because yep. he literally just shut him down. He shut Roy down until he was on the feet striking. And and Grace is gonna do what he can to not make it a striking fight by any means. But if it goes to the ground, you know, I'm not confident that Roy's gonna be able to get the win there. And if he does get past, he's either got Douglas Lima or Michael Page in the finals, and th- that will not be a grappling match. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's uh, that's that's scary. I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm interested. I mean, as you said, it's hard to get a read on Rory anyway. You know what I mean? He's yeah. just such a unique character anyway. Right. So it's it's always hard to kind of understand what's going through his head anyway. And now with this, I mean, as you said, it was just bizarre. I, I don't know how I would have handled like the post fight interviews either. It was it's, it was it's, it was different. We did. It's highly inappropriate, but somebody on our staff did make a joke that in all of this, people should really see what a great guy Robbie Lawler is because he stole Rory's soul and delivered it straight to Jesus Christ. <laughs> I won't reveal who said that on the staff. That's, that's it, pretty funny. It, it was me. <laughs> that Douglas Lima, man. That Doug, Lima and MVP, I think Lima's going to beat him. I do too. I think Lima's going to take it all. I do too. He should have He should have had it the last time. Yeah. I think he does. Uh, Alima Lay McFarlane, uh, man, she struggled a little bit. She, she, she very much struggled. She struggled a she little seemed, bit. She seemed definitely human. But I mean, even Valerie came out when Valerie fought her and, and gave her a little glimpse. But then it was just like Super Alima showed up. Mm-hmm. And in this case, Super Alima didn't show up. You right. know, she literally was pushed to the limits and was losing that fight yep. until that elbow. And won one moment of the fight, and it just happened to be the yeah. decisive moment. And, and she even said, too, like, you know, she felt like she had that slow start, but she felt. I think she was just off. Something was just off. And, you know, she said that she had a slow start. She felt like maybe she had that adrenaline dump or something that was going on back in the room. Her legs weren't working right. Well, she mentioned ahead of yeah. t- to you guys all the irons she had in the fire, all the stuff that was going yeah. on, right? Like working on the sponsorship stuff, working yeah. on closing the house. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Just so much going on. you got to think it can't help. Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe there are times where dealing with that stuff maybe – allows them to to switch from i mean who knows i mean these high level athletes and the way that their their brains work you know i imagine sometimes switching to something else is a nice reprieve for them so uh i can see where in in some cases it probably never affected her and she it doesn't seem like she probably picked up more stuff except maybe the house thing than than anything that she's done before but it just seemed for this particular one and i think we're getting to the point too. remember where ronda 
took it all like a champ when she first started. They kept dumping and dumping and putting things on her shoulder, and it was fine, it was fine, and it was fine. And then at some point, it wasn't fine. It started, the cracks started to show, and then she eventually started to pull back because uh, she was realizing that things were just starting to fall to the wayside. It was too much, and I think... I think we're hitting that threshold now with Aleem. I think too, too, too much honor. They're putting too much honor. I mean, like I think she wants to She's be definitely the, becoming the, a face of the company. She you really know? is, and, and and all credit to her. I mean, like she's a lovely individual. She's a hell of a fighter, but you can only take so much. At some point, you got to be like, I got too much shit going on right, right now, you know. And maybe this is that point where it'll happen, um, where maybe they'll take a little bit off, uh, but. I think whatever was going on, she just went in there sort of uh, a little flat. But as she started coming to, I mean, Vita just. She's tough. We said it was going to be scrappy. Super, we, super tough. We and said it was going to be scrappy. I mean, maybe she has the, krypt- the, the kryptonite to Alima's superpowers. I mean, like, if it wasn't for her getting that, that headshot, I mean, we probably would have watched a decision right. loss. Completely you know, agree. For sure. I completely agree. I do love Alima Lay's attitude, though, of. Let's run it back. You know, you deserve it, and and this is not necessarily the best way for me to win. Yeah. You know, yes, it's it's it had to be called. Yeah. I can I can see your skull right now. So yeah. yes, we need to call this fight. But I do love the you attitude of like, let's run it back. Yeah, where Champ has the belt and can very well just say, got past it. Her. It was a tough. I got past yep. her. It's on to the next <laughs> yeah. things. You know, which is kind of what Coker was kind of saying. You know, when I kind of asked him, I was like, you know, hey, do you like it when your champ? Just sets up the next fight, and he's like, "Well, you know, there's <laughs> kind of tied our there's hands some there. other there's some <laughs> other fights that you know we have to kind of see him. Like she's asking for it. If your champ wants it, you know, you gotta run it back. Dude. You gotta run it. It was it was great, but I mean, that was a hell of a fight, and I like the idea. I mean, granted, too, this is still right after she had fought, so you you don't want to take everything that she says. Yeah. You know, you want to be like, calm down, champ. Like, ask her a week later. Does she still want to run that back immediately, or is she like, eh, you know? Been there, done that. You know who's next? She tested me, but I got my she hand raised. She tested me, but you know, I showed the, my the better person won. <laughs> I, I think you got to run it won. back. Uh, Benson Henderson and, and Phil Davis both picked up wins. Uh, man, Liam McGeary, poor Liam McGeary broke his jaw, and that was crazy because thought thought his jaw broke on the punch, and then comes out and says, "No, no, he broke it in the second round." Like, good lord. Uh, and and Gaston Bolanos, man, I told you guys, keep an eye. The, the kid's got something, man. Gaston Bolanos has something. And the cool thing about uh, being, I guess, in Bellator is you don't necessarily have to fight, uh, you know, the, the absolute sharks every time out there, man. You know, like they'll 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 keep slow playing them a little bit, man. But that kid's that kid's got something, man. He's fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, my only criticism of of this Bellator show, it was a good show. Um, Thirteen prelims slash post limbs. Come on, man. That was nuts. Bellator, don't hit us with these eighteen fight cards, man. Yeah. They had, they had, it was it was really cruising though when it started because they were getting a lot of. They finishes. do get them like, in quick. They they, they I, started quick like the guys were bringing in. I, I was thoroughly uh, entertained, you know, going in, and I started wondering myself like, man, how many are they going to get through? Because they probably, if it would have kept going, they probably could have got another one through. But I think they were like, well, we need some for the post limbs. Yeah, you know, because they started burning through. They was it was really really good fights. It's man. just a lot of fights, dude. So many fights, 18. but also I don't have to recap them. I don't that have is to true. Do all that crap. So it was just for me. I was like, oh, this is fun. Enjoy kind of watching. watching. <laughs> yeah, it's, Bellator's kind of a fun night for video, right? Because they don't take all the winners back like the no. UFC does. So during the prelims, it's like, you know, you guys like uh, Casey from MMA Fighting. I mean, you guys that are normally stuck in the back. You guys get to come out and sit down and just watch some fights. Yeah. When they started talking back, I was like, I'm just going to let you guys know, in case you're thinking about bringing any prelims, unless it's something crazy, I was like, I only want the main guy, guys. 
<laughs> I'm going to sit out there and watch the fights. <laughs> That's awesome, man. The the, uh, the UFC was a fun show as well. Of course, Matt Erickson was down there in Florida. He he is a, a big Florida Disney guy or whatever. They ended up doing a little vacation around it, so that's why he was down there handling it. But uh, Jacques Array versus Hermanson, uh, man, dude, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to pat myself on the back too much, but did pick the did pick the upset in the main event with Hermanson over Jacques Array. Um, Jacques Array's mindset, you know, again, you were covering the, the, the Bellator show, so I don't know how much you got to see of the UFC pre-fight stuff, but Jacques Array's mindset of basically, you know, coming in and admitting he didn't really want to take the fight, but the UFC kind of – kind of needed him, and they kind of pushed mm-hmm. him into it. That scared me. Uh, but but Hermanson, dude, I mean, I've been impressed with him since I saw him in Venator. And I know he had some losses, but, dude, he's the real deal, and I think people have been sleeping on him, man. And and, and th- But this performance was incredibly impressive, man, to, to come out and to, you know, to, 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 to be willing to grapple with Jacare, number one, and to just outwork him uh, over the course of five rounds, man, and keep up the pace that he did. Um you know, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to beat those top-tier guys because, man, the top of that middleweight division is tough right now. Uh, but he sure as hell proved that he deserves to be there. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Deep insight there from Cold Coffee. Uh, Greg Hardy did pick up the win there. Uh, I will say, listen, I am not a Greg Hardy hater. I know there are a lot of people that are. I, I don't try there to, are quite I, a bit of haters. I, yeah, I don't try to defend, obviously, the – uh, the incident that he was convicted of and then later overturned. Uh, I, I'm not trying to paint him out to be some kind of saint or anything like that, but he is a fighter that's in the UFC. What if he started hanging out with Rory? Would you paint him as a saint then? That if would he had be lots interesting. Of, lots of to hang out with him and Rory McDonald just became best buddies. But I will say this, man. I'm here to save your soul, Greg. <laughs> his, uh, his opponent, man, Dmitry Smolikov, uh, that was an embarrassing performance, man. They, yeah. He just literally – it just looked like he didn't want to be in there at all. Yeah. I, that quit. was one. That was one of the fights. I, it's, I had my phone there uh, off to the side trying to watch at the same time, and I remember watching. I was like, what is going on here in this fight? I was like, where did they find this guy? Because this wasn't his first fight. This was what his – No, third. So he was third, he was yeah. 0-2 in the UFC. Um, I actually talked to some people behind the scenes. He wasn't cut after he went 0-2, but he kept – I guess it was kind of like – they kept offering. Him. We might need him if we go back well, in the area. They, yeah, exactly. They kept off, apparently they kept offering him fights, and he just had things going on. He was hurt, or he had you know he had a family thing, or whatever. So he, he basically kept turning down fights, and eventually they're like, "Dude, we like you're not you're you got a fighter. You got to fight." So they let him go. He went and fought outside the UFC. They brought him back. Um, it, I mean, listen. It, 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 I'm not trying to build up Dmitry Smolikov as like, oh, man, this guy's amazing. I mean, yes, it was a, a lower-level opponent. But, I mean, Greg Hardy at this point in his career should be facing lower-level opponents. I mean, I, I don't – you know, I see a lot of people, oh, put him in there with put him in there with the Black Beast, man. Like, come on, dude. Derek's ranked like four in the division right now. Like, this dude's three right. and one. You can't put him – no, that makes no damn sense. So I, I didn't hate the matchup initially. Um, but I, that that performance from Smolikov, that was just that was downright embarrassing. He quit. He yeah. quit and didn't want to be in there, man. I wouldn't want to be in there. After oh, I, a I, I will say, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I would, Hardy that, looks like he punches really hard. Those man, those contender series fights in that tiny cage, man. I love it, man. The, uh, when does that start back up? June eighteenth. I was gonna say that's coming up soon. June eighteenth. So those we're about, are so much fun. Yeah, we're about six, seven weeks out at this point. Uh, it'll be at that brand new facility, the UFC Apex, Ooh, which I'm, I'm, I'm. That sucks because it's further for me to drive, but yeah, yeah, it's a little further than the Tough Gym. Yeah, the old Tough, tough Gym. So close. Yeah, that's right. You just literally five minutes of that. I was like, yes. Yeah, but that facility is supposed to. It's supposed to have air conditioning and actual press that area. That would be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> air conditioning is awesome. It'll be good. I'm, I'm excited for that to start back they up too. They have food trucks. I don't know if they'll have, food have trucks. catering. 
They might have catering. They might cater it from Whoa, the uh, from that would be dope from the UFC Ooh. kitchen. I'm excited. I, I, I will put my say, orders in now. I'm a big fan of, of the contender series. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, Man, well, the veterans or the veterans, the people that went through that have done very well yeah. in the UFC. Like, if I say. I almost now, when I watch a guy that won on the Contender Series and say a lot of people don't really know him, and he's coming into a fight, uh, and like when the cards, I'm like, ah, I'm not really sure who I'm going to lean towards. These two guys don't really know. I've been leaning for the Contender yeah. Series guys, and I would say if you're a betting person and you don't quite know, and somebody has been on the Contender Series, lean towards the Contender Series person. Yep, I agree. Ninety percent of the time, they're going to they're going to win. They've done talent. a really good job. They've done a really good job selecting. Really talent. good job. Uh, the rest of that card was fun, man. Mike Perry Knox Oliveira was crazy. Uh, Glover Teixeira versus Ion Kutalaba was crazy. Corey Sanhagen proved he's the real deal against John Lineker. Yeah, he certainly did, man. Card was a good card, man. That was a good good card. card. That Lineker Sanhagen, that was that was good, man. That was another one where I was like, man, is Sanhagen just shut it down as he hit harder than it seemed because Lineker just didn't seem there. Dude, he seemed Sanhagen out of sorts the whole time. I think Sanhagen's his movement and his range were just he problematic. Was, some of his striking was just spinning out of nowhere, you know, the ch- flying knees. I mean, it was very, oh, very man. dynamic. It was He was fun to watch, He's the man. real deal, man. He was fun to He's watch. He's the real deal. And I will say uh, the Jim Miller family moment, man, that was, that was big for me. Oh, it. dude. It was, yeah, because it was early prelims, but – yeah, Jim Miller had his had his four kids cage side for the first time, oh, that's uh, cool. and he goes out there and gets a first round submission win. I mean, Jim Miller, one of those dudes, is just impossible not to like. Yeah, I mean, how can you not like? Jim been Miller? around forever, you know. So if you was, don't like Jim Miller, you're probably a dick. That's pretty much the way to look at it. <laughs> uh, I will say there were a bunch of uh, uh, regional fights too. The one guy that stood out to me uh, at KSW 48 it was a smaller KSW show, uh, but they crowned a new interim champion uh, in the featherweight division. It's this 21 year old. French kid named Saladin Parnas, and uh, he looked phenomenal. So that's kind of a, a name to remember, uh, huh. somebody to pay attention to. He's now 13-0-1. Uh, he's the interim champion KSW, and uh, I thought he looked phenomenal. So, uh, yeah, busy, busy, busy weekend of, of fights. I guess the big news right now that, uh, since then, since the weekend, has been the fact that the, the Brock Lesnar fight uh, with Daniel Cormier is now off the table. Uh, according to now. A quick, well, that's <laughs> it. I was going to say, according to Dana White, Brock said he's retired. Now, Brock didn't make the announcement. Dana yeah. made the announcement. Um, as far as we can tell, USADA won't talk about it, but I haven't heard any definitive confirmation that he's you know, taking out of the testing pool, which, again, that's really the mark of retirement is that you're out of the testing pool because then you've got to have that waiting period when you come back. Yeah. And on the heels of that, uh, we get an announcement. I don't follow the wrestling world that, that much, but uh, I do hear a little bit on, on Sirius XM, the busted open. I'll, I'll turn okay. that on sometimes. Okay. Uh, but he's going to be fighting over in Saudi Arabia. They're, I guess uh, you know they've been paying millions of dollars to WWE to bring shows over there. Apparently uh, what, Goldberg's coming back, and, and uh, the, the Undertaker's going to be there. Whoa. Uh, yeah, so, but Brock is going to be there. Just to me, I'm sorry. It, it all sounds like money to me. It doesn't yeah, sound. I mean, it doesn't sound like a retirement. Doesn't sound like money. But I will tell you that watching WrestleMania, which I did, uh, Brock looked smaller. He looked, uh, if don't take this wrong way, Brock weaker. Right. Which I thought maybe he was preparing for a fight because I thought sure. he was weaning himself off, off of something that maybe made him the, the, look bigger and stronger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe it's a supplement of some sort. Um, but I thought his WrestleMania performance, I didn't think he looked great. And I thought uh, if he's not looking good there, he probably is not ready to to jump in and fight. Um, 
But I don't know. I just I can see where this retirement could stick because I thought it was the probably the not best Brock that we've seen in a long sure. time. And Brock's not getting any younger. That's right. I mean, uh, I'm not sure of his age. I'm going to say he's 55. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he looks like age is starting to show up a little bit. Like they're not want to want to take that things. But I mean, I thought the 41. I was going to say 42. He's 41. He turns 42 in July. Okay, well, close to 55. <laughs> More or less. We'll say 50 and split it in the middle. <laughs> uh, but if if that is the case, that WrestleMania performance was showing that he is trying to clean up because he does want to fight in something, um, I don't know. It's weird because if he's, if he's going back in to do another WWE um, looking how he did and wasn't really trying, maybe he did try to test himself to see how he felt. Um, you know, uh, going into a fight, you know, even uh, Go said on the radio, maybe, you know, that maybe had a little test run and maybe didn't like the the results or whatever, and then is going back to, to, to wrestling. But um, the Brock at this past WrestleMania was not the Brock that we've seen recently. The last time he went to the UFC, even the Brock that showed up and that pushed Daniel was a bigger Brock right. than the Brock that we saw. So, um, I don't know. Um, it's I got to be honest with you. To, to me... I, I don't care that the fight's – the only reason I feel bad, yeah. like, I wanted the fight for Cormier just because I'll be honest. Just get some money. It's, it, yeah. It, to me, it seems like as far as easiest fight for the biggest amount of money that you right. can make. I mean, you got to think, him and DC uh, – excuse me, uh, Brock and DC or DC and John Jones – would probably be the two biggest fights available, right? For DC? I mean, yeah, for DC. Sure. That's the two biggest so fights. So much available. more so than and like Stipe. I mean, and I love Stipe. It. Or I Nganu, mean, like, or. Yeah. The, the biggest fights available are either Brock or John Jones. Right. And you can't tell me that those are even remotely in the same ballpark in terms of difficulty of fight. I mean, right. yes, Brock is a, is a big human being, and, you know, big hands in, in little gloves, things can happen. Right. But to me, DC wins that fight. 99 times out of 100? I think so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Other than, I think so. Other than one freak occurrence happening. So I feel bad for DC because, you know, he's a guy that I think deserves a big payday on his way out the door, man. He's been a quality ambassador for the sport and, and a quality human being, and I'd love to see him get that big payday. But as far as, like, actual competitiveness in the heavyweight division, like – I don't care that this fight's not happening. It was a, it was it was just a, it was just a cash grab fight. That's all it was. I mean, it was just it was just pure entertainment factor. I mean, the same thing when we watch some of these other fights. You know, there's fights that uh, are good for the division. There, there's fight that that keeps a division moving or shows a, a division's dominance. Shows how a division is fun to watch. And then there are fights that are purely just fun to watch. Right. That's kind of like when when I watch WrestleMania. It means absolutely fucking nothing on the grand scheme of things, but it's just pure entertainment. It's just pure. Who gives a fuck? Let's watch this happen. You right. know. So that's kind of what I equated to the, like the Brock and the DC. Part of me was like, man, I want to see what DC is going to be able to do to Brock. I'd love to see if he could pick him up and slam him. I think that'd be really fun to watch. You know, I mean, that would be pretty cool. It'd be so fun. But you know, I mean, re- I mean, Brock is a good wrestler, so it'd be nice to see a, a huge wrestling match happen. But between guys that can still hit you as well, you know, so. I think that was a lot of fun, but when it comes to you know, I bet what does it show, mean? I bet DC would showboat a little bit too, you know. Oh, he, well, he it would be a I mean, performance. He's, I think it'd he's be also a, a wrestling guy. He lo- he loves the whole WD. I I would love. I bet he didn't come out wearing an outfit or something. <laughs> he'd be like, "This might be my last fight. Sorry, Reebok, we got to come up with I something." I think he'd play it up. I think there would be like a performance element to the to the I, fight. I bet there would, and that would be That'd why be fun. it'd be fun watching it. Just but, as but it's purely for entertainment. I'm, it does nothing for the division. It does nothing for 
oh, okay, this really sets up what the next fight should be because clearly this is the number one and the number two guy fighting, so the next should be the number three you got, guy. You got you Stipe, know? JDS, Naganu. They were all calling bullshit right. on it, and they're right. They're right, they're right for all, every all three of but them have a case. They're like, they come all, on, man. but they're like. Hey, if this is if this is DC going to be able to get some money, I get it That's because true. they would all want that opportunity themselves. But they also know that true. it's bullshit. <laughs> they also know that it's just bullshit that sucks. They have to wait. But they also know that DC is not. He's not long for the division, you know. Mm-hmm. So if a guy that's done good things, a guy that has been a champ, a guy that's went and did two belts, let him let him get his chance, get some money because I know if they if they were in the same situation, would JDS take the fight? You know he would. Of course. Would Francis take the of fight? Course. Of course he would. Stipe would take the fight. Everybody was asking for Brock, so they're not going to hate on the fact because then that would just be hypocritical, yep. you know. But they also they have every right to be pissed off that it was that it was even a possibility in the first place, you know, but it is what it is. But, you know, I would have watched it and I would have been fucking glad watching it. I yep. would have think it would have been a lot of fun. It probably would have been one of the funnest matches that we had watched. But I don't in, feel like we recent. lost something that it, that it's not happening. No. It's more, I, it's better for the division. Yeah, I have no, I will not lose one iota of sleep over the fact that I'm not going to see DC and. You, can lightning strike it, twice, it, with, twice it, with DC and Stipe? What, fight again? I mean, yeah. I mean, no, well, not fight again. You think? I mean, could DC knock oh, him no. out? <laughs> that's well. That's the that's the interesting part about this fight that I like is because a lot of people think that it was a fluke shot, even though it was a wonderfully placed sh- uh, punch that he threw that drops yeah. Stipe. I think uh, that's why this is so interesting because I think DC wants to go in and show that it wasn't a fluke, and Stipe also. I mean, because. Stipe had a great he, – he was striking, was looking yep. good going into it, and he yep. just got caught, got you caught. know. And that's the thing that can happen, and, and it can completely happen again. I mean, I think I, – I picked Stipe, if I remember right, to win that one. I um, did too. I did too. And, and I, I and don't I, know where I would lean and I this time. D, I know. That's what I'm thinking in my head because I know – I mean, look, I remember picking that fight. I remember going with Stipe, the bigger, the bigger fighter, the better striker, but knowing that DC was a live underdog. But I sure as hell didn't think DC was going to knock him out. You know what I mean? I didn't think that was happening. So, yeah, for the rematch, I I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know that I wouldn't pick Stipe again. Yeah, I probably would. But I don't know. DC, I mean, like, it would be nice for him to get, if that is the last fight, even though I know he wants to fight Jones, it would be nice for him to go out on a high, but it doesn't mean I need to pick him right. to, to go out on that high. Um, you know. Uh, so, if, if he does win the fight, if he wins again, you only see John Jones. You only see it fight again if it happens at heavyweight, right? Like, there's no reason for DC to go to light heavyweight to 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 fight John Jones again. I just don't. To me, that, that doesn't interest me at all. I feel like we've seen it. We've been there. We've done that. We know how that fight goes. No disrespect to Daniel Cormier. I think the only reason, the only way we see John Jones, if John Jones goes to heavyweight, that does interest me. To to see a DC that's not depleted, to see a DC that didn't have to put his body through all that to get down to 205, that maybe makes it a little bit more interesting. So I would like to see it at heavyweight. Because the only other fights on the table, like at that point, you're looking at JDS, you're looking at Naganu. I could see him wanting to fight Naganu because, you know, obviously Naganu is that big, scary guy, but, you know, wrestling is a deficiency. I can't see him really wanting to fight Junior Dos Santos. I can't see him wanting to to have that fight. And, and I don't know if those fights mean anything to him. I mean, do you think it's just John Jones or or call it a day? Well, I think I think he certainly wants that fight. I think, but man, where would that 
what would that do for his psyche if a fourth fight and you lose and then you want to leave? I almost feel where he'd want to just be like, I've already endured the sadness of the three. I agree. Let me just finish it. I already He already set it up. I already told people I was going to leave and I was trying to get this this fight. But, you know, at least he this would answer the, the fact that Stipe deserved a rematch for what Stipe had done uh, for carrying the belt and defending it. He should have he should have been given a rematch or an opportunity a while ago. So I think at least this answers that, and that would be good on you, Daniel, for giving him that option to get the rematch. Mm-hmm. And there would be no uh, n- nothing wrong in my mind that if he took that loss and walked away, or if he took the win and walked away. He's already had a hell of a career. You've yeah. already done enough. I mean, there'd be no shame in saying, that's it. I don't need to fight Jones. But if he knows that Jones fight would be a hell of a payday. But if the pay-per-view shit's all weird now, maybe <sighs> there's no fucking incentive to do it. So just true, because man. if the if he knows the pay-per-view and he knows, it, say, they're going to get a million buys and he's going to get an extra... I don't know what that equates to, an extra 100000 or whatever. Uh, more than that. I know. I'm just throwing out a number. <laughs> if he knows he's going to get an extra 100000 200000 hey, that maybe that's in it. That's worth it. But if he knows that, hey, sorry, guys, uh, we'll maybe bump up your thing, whatever, because now our schedule with the pay-per-views, we don't, we don't get the same right. percentage points or whatever. Maybe who cares? It's, it, you know? That is interesting, right? Like, let's say he beats Stipe. And they say, look, man, we're coming to you with John Jones. We'll do it at heavyweight. We're guaranteeing you, let's say, $10 million. We're guaranteeing you $10 million for this fight. But as you said, you've already lost to him. And, you know, that's those fights were not good for your psyche. I mean, we saw the emotion. We saw the, the pain. We saw the difficulty. So your final fight of your career, you risk feeling that one more time, but you're guaranteed $10 million. That's an interesting decision, right? I mean, because if you beat him, if you beat him, you go out on a high. You know what I mean? If you beat him at heavyweight, you just say, yeah, well, the problem was I killed myself when I got down to light heavyweight. I was always a better fighter than this guy now that we did it at heavyweight. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it answers a lot of the questions on your way out the door. I mean, what a hell of a way. Not only did I, did I, you know, defeat Stipe twice, but then I, I got my nemesis and I got him back and I became the first man to beat John Jones and I'm out. You know what I mean? Oh my God, the high that that would be or the low of what if he knocks you out? And it's like, dude, you know, you had this amazing career, but this one guy beat you three times and you got to live with that the rest of your life. But to, to, to risk that knowing there's a guaranteed like 10 million, I mean, that's that's huge for your family. You know, it may not be a hundred million like Connor got, but that's a hell of a hell of a little nest egg for you and your your, your family and your yep. kids. But that'd be an interesting decision to make, man. If you if you if you are willing to set yourself up to have to endure that pain again. But I mean, that's a ten million dollar payday. That's a life changing payday. It is a huge life changing. Mm. <laughs> that's a career ending thing. That's 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 nest egg for your family. That's your that's your kids are set for college. And that's starting a business. That's that's huge. it. That's huge. That's huge. But you risk being that pain, that low that brought yep. you to tears in the octagon again. Like, but I guess knowing that your life's set for the rest of your 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 life, you, you wipe away your tears with hundred dollar bills. Hundred dollar bills. 
Uh, <laughs> that's a good point, man. All right, well, listen, uh, this week, uh, of course, the UFC is right back to action, man. We don't get no break. Bellator's back to action as well. Uh, but, of course, that's a little smaller card. We'll talk briefly about that. But the feature attraction this weekend, UFC on ESPN Plus. Uh, uh, God, I like mess it up. UFC on ESPN Plus 9, Iaquinta versus Cowboy. Uh, Ally Quinta, Donald Cerrone, man, what a phenomenal main event. Uh, it is up in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, which means it's a Mike Bond joint. I hate missing Cowboy uh, fight weeks, not going to lie, man. Cowboy, uh, you know, try not to homer too much for fighters, or at least we're, we're open and be honest about it. But I'm just, I've been a Cowboy Cerrone fan since the WC days, and, and what he has put together, um, man, the, the, the body of work that he's done, but just the guy that he is, man. I'm a Cowboy Cerrone fan, man. You know, it's we get asked that sometimes. Oh, who's your favorite fighter? And it's hard. I mean, it's hard. It's like, dude, I interview hundreds of these guys. You know, we we get to know them. You know, we share their lives with them. We help document their careers, and you you end up developing affinities for a lot of guys and girls. You know what I mean? They're just people that you've 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 been a part of their life. You know, but it's crazy. I mean, we've been. God damn, we've been interviewing Cowboy Cerrone for 10 years, man. You know what I mean? How much you've seen a guy change and grow, whatever. And, uh, man, I'm a Cowboy fan, but but Ally Quinta, I mean, the, 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 the consummate professionals. Well, I mean, there is no way this fight sucks. And, like, it's not about trash talking. It's not about, uh, you know, fake rivalries, whatever. It's just about two dudes that you know when they step in the cage, they're going to throw down every single time they're in there. And I'm pumped up for this main event. It should be awesome. Can't suck. Can't suck. It right. can't certainly. Please. If, don't even put out the universe. You're right. You know, like, but no, this, I mean, two two incredible individuals and two guys that throw down. And, and every time, you know, you, you think one guy maybe isn't fighting his best, they just show up and they, they put mm. something together. And, like, both of these guys are, are two guys that maybe could be said that they're fighting some of the best that they've fought in recently. Right. So, I mean... Oh, yeah, I think they're both to, in peak to, form. to think that this could be boring, I feel like we fucking jinx it every yeah. time we throw it out in the universe. <laughs> but honestly, How these are two Derek guys Lewis that are Francis fighting... Francis Ngannou suck, Oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> we did probably say, how could that fight ever fucking course, suck? Yeah. And it fucking blew. I love you, Derek, too. Uh, but, this yeah, I mean, be these are two guys literally fighting the best. Um, and a whole different... Th I mean, just different mindsets different everything yep. so i'll fuck you universe how can this fight suck how can this fight <laughs> oh, ever wow, now possibly you're just suck? i know all right fuck well, you universe you can't take this away from me well listen media day was earlier today in ottawa ontario canada and cowboy Cerrone did speak with the media there uh, our own mike bond was in there collecting audio so we'll thank him for for having this to be able to share but uh you can't have a cowboy Cerrone fight where you cannot hear from the cowboys so uh here's what he had to say um, in your last fight against Alex Hernandez, we saw a guy who spent a lot of time trash talking. He was going to do such and such and such and such. Obviously, it didn't go his way. Now you're about to fight somebody who there seems to be a lot of mutual respect between between the two of you. Can you talk a little bit about the the, the trash talking? Does that further motivate you? Is it necessary? How to how, what's your take on that? Because even one of these fighters, it says it says multiple times, people in the back are very cordial with you, and then when the mic's on, they turn. So I want to get your comments on that. Oh man, this is a a sporting event, man. That's what we do. So why, just because we fight doesn't mean you have, I got to hate you. Me and Al did a, we were out here in Ottawa doing a media tour and we did a couple of interviews together. It's like, why can't we be cordial? Sure, you don't have to like me, but let's at least be cordial. We don't need to have bad blood. So it was kind of a relief to finally have a guy that could stand there and, you know, and just shoot the shit a little bit. Um, I don't think the trash talk helps anymore or not. I, I feel like I'm still going to fight you just as hard 
whether we're buddies or not. Same with like Yancey Madero, you know, him and I are good pals. So we went in there and fought. I fought a couple of my friends, so it's it's good. Was there ever an opponent that you genuinely disliked and still do? Nah, uh, I let all that go away, man. Don't bother me anymore. But we there was a lot going. It's like a personality kind of thing, like you said. Then when you get in the ring, you just say you love fighting. What is it that just gets you going when you're in that ring that makes you want to go that extra mile? Oh man, I don't, I don't know. I just, I like thoroughly love it. Like it's there's just something about I mean, before it was this. It was going out on Friday night, Saturday night, picking fights in the street. You know, it was just <laughs> being an idiot young kid, and I get to still do that now. So it's, uh, I just love it. I love training, sparring, fighting. You know, Saturday night to me, there's nowhere I'd really, honestly, rather be than in that ring fighting. Even as your fighting style too, what do you do just to, you know, prepare for fights? And you just really, you go up there and you just lay it all on the line almost every fight. Yeah, I don't know if I have to prepare. It's just I think it's in me. You know what I mean? I don't. It's not like I get back to like, yeah, it's time to go. Well, I get pumped up. But I feel like right now I can just click it on and we could we could fight. You know, and uh, I don't know if it's the sickness I have. I don't know. The idea of retirement like a foreign foreign concept to you. What's that? Is the idea of retirement like a foreign concept to you? Oh yeah, I don't I don't know if I'm ever gonna walk. I, literally, the UFC is gonna have to say. That's enough, Cowboy. That's enough. You can no longer walk out with a walker, so. Donald, there was a little bit of drama around the last fight with the Mike Perry stuff and the Jackson Wayne camp. Is that all behind you? He's not even with that camp anymore, I don't think. Is that behind you, all that stuff? Oh, yeah. That, it was behind me after, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, it's, uh, but, uh, yeah, it sucks the whole Jackson splitting from them, you know. Greg is a good dude. Um, I still have loving my heart for him for sure but uh it's totally behind me i don't weigh it out at all anymore cowboy yeah, uh quick question about your uh budding movie career uh equalizer 2 great job denzel uh, is there another one on the slate are you looking to get into movies after ufc they have stunt doubles yeah i like i like doing the stunts the movies are from i just finished a movie with mark Wahlberg called wonderland it should be coming out here pretty soon uh that was a lot of fun uh i was actually in boston training for Alex the whole time I was out there we were filming the movie so um, it, was, it was a ton of fun Pete Berg the director totally let me train like when I'd show up on set he'd be like have you got your work in today go go work out take your guys go work out and come back when you're done you know so it was, it was really cool having having Pete all in on, on the training for the fight and uh, it was fun man the movies is it's a different world it's, it's definitely where I plan on going when I'm when I'm done. The next rock. The next rock. No, I wish. Damn, that'd be, that'd be something. <laughs> hey, Donald, um, I'm often said Cowboy Cerrone is a great fighter. Dad Cerrone has been an absolute killer. How has the birth of your son influenced your in-ring career? Man, um, it's like a primal feeling. I remember before I had a kid, and even when I first had the kid, I was like, it's like so cliche to when people talk about now you have something to fight for. Man, it's, it's insane how you like, how you do, like how it gives you something to like i uh just took him to get his shots and the the doctor gave him a shot and he started crying and i like teared up and i was like fuck, I'll fucking kill you bitch like <laughs> you know what i mean like seeing him in that pain i couldn't i was like i get it man if somebody ever did something to one of my kids it, there'd be no no turning back man it's wild totally different reason and and there's like a meme on the internet that says you know i thought about quitting until i realized who was watching and it's like man you you have so much more to like not quit and keep going and push through because someone is watching. Not not even the people that are watching, but like my own family. It's like I don't know. It's just different. Did Danger make a trip? Yeah, he's here. He's in yeah. on the airplane right now. Lindsay said, "I'm just gonna drop him off. We're in Philly. I'm just gonna leave him here." I said, "All right." <laughs> <laughs> he, he's a little fucker. Has, has training camp changed at all as a dad? Because a lot of times we hear fighters say, "Oh, I miss my family," but you've got the ranch. 
yeah, they're all, um, and thank God I have such a good team with me because Lindsay works. She's she's going to school to be a doctor, so she has all these clinicals and internships she has to do all day. She works like 14 hours, so we have the baby all day, and, and my team, we just take turns, like, watching him when I'm training, and, and it's cool. He's there all day long. It's it's fun, man. It's uh, Sometimes it's tough because you don't get a second to yourself anymore. So everyone out there trying to have a kid, it's – they take every ounce of your of your time. You know, you don't have any time to watch the phone. They want to play with your phone. They want to touch this. He wants to crawl over here. He wants to be held. He wants to be down. He wants to cry. It's like, oh, you little fucker, just give me, give me a minute, right? Um, so it's training camp, it's tougher for sure. But I love him, man. It's cool. You've yeah. done really well in Canada when you fought here. What do you like the most about this country? Um, you know, obviously aside from that. <laughs> um, man, it's pretty cool. I get a great welcoming here in Canada, man. Um, I like fighting all over the world. The reason I got into kickboxing years ago was to travel. I remember I used to make five, $700 to go to Tokyo and fight, and I'd be like, yeah, but I just need you to extend my ticket a little bit so I can go see the country, you know? And everyone talks about, man, you fight on short notice. Like, man, I used to get a call on Wednesday and fight in Japan on Saturday. So um, the days of taking short notice fights have always been a thing I've done, and I love seeing the country. I love traveling. So any chance I get to go, EOC wants to send me somewhere. I'm like, let's go, man. Let's go. Let's go see the world, and uh, I love it. Speaking of traveling, this is the first time I think we've seen you since doing a shoe in Australia with Tyson So What was that cultural experience like for you? Uh, Australia was uh, a lot of fun, man. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed enjoyed it. Uh, I had to drink out of my own boot because a random stranger's nasty shoe. I don't know how Ty does that. It's <laughs> we'll be walking to the casino and someone come up with like a nasty, and he'll just take it, and I'm like, and then they spit in it. Nah. No, no, no. Earlier this week, you said you're not chasing the Connor fight anymore. That was a fight you always wanted. What's the motivation behind like saying, you know what, it's over? It's just hard, like, um, especially for this fight. Like I said, we're going to wait for Connor. He agreed. We we're supposed to have it done. Then he said he needed more time, and it just kept getting drawn out. So I was like, nah, no, not anymore. I, I love fighting, man. I don't like sitting and waiting. So if the fight ever comes to be, I'll gladly take it, you know. But right now, we're going to chase that belt and. Last thing I need to do. I guess the objection there would be, you know, maybe you'd have to wait a little longer for Connor, but the payday would probably be, you know, significantly more than what this fight is probably. See, I don't know about this payday type you guys are talking about. Everyone thinks you fight Connor, you get paid. We're under contract, man. And now with the ESPN thing, the pay-per-view buys are already done. It's not like we get, you know, so uh, it's a big misconception. Connor might get paid. Cowboy maybe get a little bump, but I'm not. It's not a ten million dollar night for me by any means. Uh, I need to go get this belt. That's where the real money is, man. You know, um, aside from the money, I love it. I fucking fighting four or five times a year, man. I I enjoy I enjoy the training camp. I enjoy this. The whole process, man, to me is is fun. I'm gonna miss the shit out of it one day when I'm done. But right now, I'm in it and I love it. And like I said, getting all the the team to fly out to the ranch. We fucking play paintball, going to the lake, go snowmobiling. To me, that that's the most important part. Building like friends and family for life, you know, and, and memories. We were just sitting there talking about back when Leonard Garcia used to live with me and the old days, what we used to do and how wild and fun it was. We were just sitting around after training and talking and like, man, one day we're going to be sitting here talking about this camp, you know, and it's fucking cool, man. It's the whole experience for me I love. You've done, you've done this dozens and dozens and dozens of times. Uh, is there anything still in the sport that surprises you to this day? Um, no, just... The new kids coming up surprised me, man, that for sure. Like, that, that they think they need to, to, to talk shit and do all that. I don't understand that part of it. But uh, if I'm the old dog, let them know, like, man, just enjoy it. Have fun. This is a sporting event, right? This is this media. It's all part of it. Everything, everything has to do with it. So 
Um, you see a lot of the old dying fighters, the Robbie Lawlers and the and the guys that just went in there and fought. They're, they're starting to die off, and you see the athletes that are trying to become fighters come in, you know. But um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how the new evolution changes. Do you think the days of, sh of like short notice, 155-pound fights are over just because of how dreadful the weight cut is and um, having to do that without a really, you know, like a full camp? Yeah, I don't know. I've taken 55 fights seven days later, so um, it's tough. I wish they'd bring a 65 weight class in, you know, that would be where I would love. I'm, I'm at 63 right now, so 64 right now, I would gladly step on the scale and go. On, on the jury to the title, um, you're usually quick to have your eye on, on the next card, on the next event. Is there a particular Fourth of July, yeah, Fourth of July. Yeah, that's what I'd like to fight in Fourth of July. That's such a fun, Vegas, the boat, the RV, the whole fan, I mean, it's, I love Vegas, man, um, and International Fight Week is a good time. So if they can get me a turnaround that fast, probably not going to happen, but hey, let's try. Back, sorry. Back at 155, what will it take for you to make another, another run at this lightweight title? It's funny, I keep saying that, like, man, you're back at 55, you're doing great. Man, I left 55 at number two. It's not, it's, you know, it's not like I was just getting my ass mauled and I couldn't hang it anymore. I couldn't make the weight cuts, and I was like, oh, I just went to 75. Just, it was just an option, and they're like, oh, let's keep going, and uh so, yeah, I'm just back, making my way back to where I left and plan on going to get the belt, man. It's time. I've never, never really pushed that issue before. I was just like, I want to fight, I want to fight, but secure my legacy. It's time to go get the belt, man. Let's, let's do it. Hey, Donald, um, Chael Sonnen told a story earlier this year about dinner he had with you at a NOFU in Melbourne, Australia. He called it eventful. He compared you to Wyatt Earp. Uh, <laughs> do you have any fond memories of that dinner? Oh, of course, yeah. Um, so I get a little wild sometimes when I drink, and um, we were at a, at, a, at a sponsored event, and it just, eh, what is what it is, but uh, I'll never change for anybody, man, you know, that's just who I am, so um, I'm going to drink, and I'm going to have a good time, and I'm going to love life, and hey, it is what it is. Flipping across the octagon, you you know, going up against a guy like Gal, he's spoken about wanting to get into that title uh, fight as well, like after you. You know, how, how do you prepare for a guy like this who might be not overlooking you, but just, you know, you want to get to that title as well? I mean, that's what, up at the, you get to the top of the ladder, right? So everyone wants, right? So we're fighting fighting for the same position. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if I prepare any different, man. That's what everyone else, you don't watch tape, you don't study. Like, man, I'm the boogeyman. I'm the guy they want to watch. I'm the guy they need to study. Um, been in the sport so long. I said this is my 41st walk into the Zufa octagon, right? Uh I don't think Al's going to show anything. Oh, wow, I've never seen that before. What the hell? Did, you know, um, so I just go in there and have fun and do what I love, you know, and he's going to try to come hard early because they think I'm a slow starter, you know, but uh, let's go, motherfucker. I love it. Let's give this, let's blow the roof off this place. Let's go five rounds nonstop. Can you keep the pace? I can't. I was born with great cardio. I have great cardio. I'm in shape. I didn't take a day off this camp, you know. We really focused, really trained hard, and uh, we had a lot of fun. Well, a, lot of, a lot of things we've spoken about your mentality and maybe sometimes in the locker room you know you're not going to win. Was it getting that record of like, the most UFC fights, this, this 41 number, did that do something to you mentally? Like, well, I've done this as much as anyone else in the world has ever done this. Does that make you think like, well, shit, I must be pretty good at it at this point? <laughs> yeah, you mean, sometimes I think, man, maybe I just got those by default just for being here this long. Uh, I'm still scared to death, man. This is, it's such a a mind fuck this whole week and when you're in the back locker room there's a lot of pressure man there's a lot of people there's a lot of things going on and to 
to overcome that is tough. And do I have the answer? No. So come Saturday, what's my mindset? I have no fucking idea. When I wake up Saturday morning, I might be ready to rock. When I walk in the cage, it's like, Reel it the fuck in. Let's go. You know, I mean, it's just, or you're fired up. You're ready to go. I, what cowboy shows up? I can't, I don't know. No idea. Um, like I say, you train to do it on your worst day, right? And uh, we've, we've answered every question through training camp. I think we're prepared. Actually, I know we're prepared. I feel good. I feel confident right now. I'm ready to fight. You know what I mean? So Saturday night, I'm going to be back there. I'm like, whew, same questions. Why are you doing this? Why, why are we here? This is my last one. This is it, you know? And, uh, Soon it's over. I'm like, let's book another one. Let's go. I gotta, I gotta chase that feeling. I gotta find. There's nothing in the world that that makes me feel like that, and that's why I do all this crazy shit to try and try and touch that feeling. But uh, fighting is the only thing that gives it to me. Uh, you held the record for most knockouts by kick in the UFC. What has made your kicking game so effective? Is it a timing thing? Just how you train it? What, what makes it work? I don't know, a lot of people make fun of the way I kick, like unorthodox, funny, crazy style, and I don't know why. Or what? Just I have like crazy dexterity in my my legs, right? Like I can throw a triangle up with without my hands, you know, and just like throw it up on someone's guard high. And I just have real good dexterity in my hips. And who knows though? Who fucking knows? I it's not like I just practiced the kicks. I just uh, it's crazy. I was just hitting with Henry Hoof in Vegas, you know, and he was like, "Wow, I trained four people to fight you. This is my first time ever holding pads for you, and your kicks are crazy. Like how you can just throw them up that fast." And I think it's just. I was just born like that, man, you know. Um, so I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I don't have an answer for that. Thanks so much, guys. All right, so that was Cowboy Cerrone. I just – Listen, I just love hearing from him. I just love his openness, his honesty. The I think the the fighter mindset, man, so much the, the the psychology of it, and he's always been so open and honest about even at his level, and even as many times as he's done it, you know how how difficult it can be, and and uh, how he's got this love hate relationship with it. You know, he's, he's, he loves the fight. He loves you know he loves it, but then on fight night he hates it. But then as soon yeah. as it's over, he wants to do it again. You know what I mean? It's loves just, the adrenaline yes, rush. Yes, man. I just I I love that he's so open about it because I think that's what. I think everybody feels, man, like everybody in this sport, it is the scariest shit on the planet, even for them, you know what I mean? But but the the feeling of accomplishment and the emotion, man, it's so intense. And I just, I love, man, I, I love hearing Cowboy talk about yeah. it because I think he, I think he in, it encapsulates it so well, especially when it's a guy that's done it that many times that we all have yeah. respect for as, as you know, a You he's not true. speaking out of his ass. That's like it, he knows man. what the fuck he's talking about. It's legit. You know, you know what? It's something he, I did notice that he is also very open about. What's that? His use of chewing tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> he has, I mean, but think about it. Most every other sport uh, doesn't want their athletes to go out there and like spitting, chewing sure. like. True. MLB used to do it a lot more, but yeah, then yeah, yeah. when guys they, out, they, they outlawed it, right? Once they started seeing that dudes were getting mouth cancer yeah. like a lot, they're like, "Don't do this." Right. Like every video this week that uh, Cowboy's been he's in, had, had, a, had a little chew. In. He's had he's fucking been spitting. He's just taking the fucking spit cup up there with him <laughs> during his interview, during his open workout Q and A, as he's kissing fucking babies. <laughs> he's got chew. He's got chaw or whatever the fuck you call it, dip. Uh, he's called dip, but then they all, there was also chew or whatever. I don't know. Like, I think it's same. the same shit, yeah, same you know. Thing. Like I, I'll tell you a true story. Like when I was a kid, like I can't like dip. Like I'll put it in, and like literally, like two or three minutes, 
I got a fucking buzz. My head spinning. Stuff, if yeah. I leave it in too long, I'll fucking throw up. So now a lot of times if I just smell, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Start getting those Kill feels. A, I'm like, oh, shit. Talk. And he's up there just fucking like, hey, let's have this Q&A. <laughs> Spitting in his cup. <laughs> Give me that baby. Don't mind the brown, the brown kiss lips, you know what? I'm just fucking. The more I thought about that, I just cracked it up. I'm funny. like, that's fucking cowboy right there. That's I mean, cowboy, like, man. He is who he is. I will say this, man. That he I, even drinks. Remember, we've seen him. Like, I know we. we there's been presser. I swear, where he was, he was dipping, but then he was drinking from Bud Light. I think at the same time. Oh, I absolutely. I think he's the kind of guy. Yeah. That, you know, he's spitting. Like, I think he's. That's a special individual that swallows. Because he'd had to have been swallowing, I imagine, oh, unless there's a way that you can just what? like. Did you just say it's a special individual that swallows? Well, that, that swallows, yeah. No, but like, <laughs> how, does he make the 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 chew spit sit in the corner of his mouth and then he can swill maybe beer on the other side? Well, maybe that's what we got to ask him. So, you know, he doesn't like doing the traditional pre-fight interview because he doesn't watch tape. He doesn't like yeah. talk shit. So maybe that's what we maybe that's what we ask him about next time. Like dipping just get to walk through dipping techniques. <laughs> <laughs> dipping techniques. I, I will say I I did uh, one quote that really stood out to me because I remember feeling the exact same thing. Is is he talked about uh, being at the doctor and the the doctor giving his kid uh, a shot oh, that was and, awesome. and 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 uh, him him like you know kind of crying and wanting to like beat the shit out of it. like <laughs> dude I just I I remember having the same thing like when I had to take Eli for you know his his shots or whatever and they they give him the shots and like dude especially when they're tiny babies and they're sticking this big needle in them and your kid yeah. starts crying and I'm just like I remember just being like yeah just, oh like don't hurt my kid like oh you got to take oh. him to that doctor you ever see the video like the guy that that he's doing like the like the tissues and he's like doo, 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 boop, and he'd do a little thing like there's a video like so you could probably just, like, just do a search like so doctor uh gives baby shot baby loves it or whatever like the guy's like yeah he's doing all these like noises and and he's like singing and he's like takes the needle but rather than like poke him he holds it in his finger so he'll do like these things and he taps around the baby and he's taking tissues and like woo woo and he distracts the baby and so the baby's like watching him and he's poking him and then in the flow of while he's doing it and then he boom actually gives the shot right and as the baby, the baby kind of starts to realize it oh another tissue and another noise it's like it's so cool like I don't have a kid but I've watched this video like probably a handful of times and there's probably a couple of them but like the doctor's so good about it That's but like crazy. the baby he just literally freaks like the baby just distracts it. That's funny. Instead of just being like, here, I got to get the baby yeah, the shot and just grab the arm or the leg and boop, and the, it hurts the baby. But it was so awesome. So I'll, I'll search it out. I bet if I do a search, doctor, baby, needle, whatever, <laughs> distraction, I bet it'll come up. But, yeah, oh, you should look man. for that. But, All yeah, right. that's that's the doctor where y'all should take your babies to. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Well, I'll have to look out for that. We'll have to see if any of them are available in Vegas. <laughs> do you distract our children with, Can you, with handkerchiefs? What's your what's your percentage on crying versus not crying on <laughs> well, shots? The kid's seven now, so he's kind of toughened up yeah. since then. But, uh, <laughs> all right, uh, listen. Well, the other side of this main event is Ali Quinta, who uh, is man, just a good dude as well. Man, uh, we'll we'll shoot straight with you. Doesn't uh, sugarcoat anything, regardless of what the repercussions that may be. Uh, and, and he's uh, always a fun guy to talk to as well, because again, it just. He keeps it real, man, and, and and he will definitely come and put on a fight. So I am looking forward to this main event. Uh, but Ally Quinta spoke with the media as well, and here's what he had to say. How was your first night in Ottawa? Uh, the first night was good. Every night's been good. I've been here since Monday. Uh, checked out the National Art Museum. I want to get to that war museum. And then Parliament. The Parliament's right down the block, so I feel like we got to get there. I don't know. Can you go inside? Can you, like, check it? Can you, you know? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I'll probably do that today. We don't have much to do today, but cut weight. So I'll I'll do some exploring, get my mind in a different place, and see see the city. 
brought up last night that you think the Islanders can come back. Nice. <laughs> I was working out on the during the third period and was tired up. We went to get a workout in and I came back and I was like, ah, forget that. It <laughs> seems like it's a done deal at this point. But you never, never say never. Who knows? So how does your routine and your mindset change as you get closer to the fight? Uh, I pretty much have a good routine down that um, just leads me right into the fight. I uh, I got my whole crew with me. Marab uh, is fighting on this card as well. Ray Longo got here last night. Matt Serra's coming this morning. Al Jermaine Sterling's with us. Uh, Dennis Bazooka is a training partner of mine. Zuka is uh, uh, another training partner. We have just such a, a tight-knit crew. It's like uh, we're really just on vacation right now, right? You know, like a training vacation, and then... Uh, at the end, we get into a fist fight. It's it's fun. Game. We play bullshit, uh, bust balls. But when it's time to work, we work. And then we get in there, we fight. It's just uh, I look forward to fight week just as much as anything else. Whether I was going on a vacation somewhere, it's like uh, just being around positive, like-minded people that I have around me is is awesome. Is keeping it loose an important part of it for you? Exploring the city, taking your mind off of things? Yeah, absolutely. I, I like going to new places that um, I probably would have never came to if it wasn't for fighting. You know, I've been afforded that that to to kind of they send me, do you want to fight here? I'm sure. Uh, and then I just saw Ottawa's the capital of Canada and there's so many cool things to check out. It's, uh, I, I love it. I love the whole the whole process. I saw that on Twitter. You're trying to meet the prime minister while you're here. That'd be that would be awesome, right? That'd be that'd be really cool. I, uh, you know, I don't know much about politics. I don't know too much about Canadian politics, but I'm always open to learn and educate myself and kind of check it out. I'm sure. Now you've had a bit of a contentious history with UFC. Is that one in the past now? Uh, I think we have a good working relationship. I have a good uh, a good rapport with Hunter Campbell, Sean Shelby. Met with them a couple of times and really. They understand me a lot better. I understand what they're looking for a lot more. So I think, you know, there's still stuff that we, you know, we, we hash out when we need to, but it's uh, it's a good working relationship, and I'm I'm in a way better place than I think, you know, we, we both are. Do you, think, do you think that's just something that, because of your work outside the UFC with the reality stuff, you just are aware how business works and you know what you're worth, and perhaps that's something they're not used to dealing with with other fighters, right? Yeah, it's definitely, you know, I've learned a lot over the last couple of years through through the fight game and through the just in in life in general i think that it's all it's all uh you know it's it's unfortunate a lot of the things that have happened but i think it made me a lot better person just well around so much more well-rounded i was just like a fighter lost if uh you know if um if i was later in my life and i kept on that path and then fighting kind of didn't work out I probably would have been real lost. That to to have it at that point, it was kind of convenient for me to take a step back, figure out some other opportunities to make money, and then uh, you know come back to fighting when the time is right. With Cerrone, he might not be like the highest ranked lightweight out there at the moment, but you know how this sport works. He's got one of the bigger names in the division. You see this as the one that if I win this, then it's just one fight away from a title shot at this point. Yeah, I don't. It's I don't know. I'm not really thinking that far ahead of it. I'm thinking about Saturday night. Uh, he's uh, like you said. He might, the number might not be too high next to his name, but everyone knows who the heck he is. No, everyone, uh, the fans cheer for that guy louder than anybody. So uh, he's been in there with the best of the best for a very long time. I was watching him 
since I got into the sport. WEC came over to the UFC, uh, and I've seen his whole progression. I've been watching him way longer than he's been watching me, and I've been, uh, you know, I, I stack. I've been stacking myself up against the top ten guys for a very, very long time. So I know that, uh, you know, I, he's been on my radar for a long time. You're a fan of his? Uh, I'm a fan of. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of like weird for me. Yeah, I'm fighting my. Uh, I don't know if I'm a fan of his. Like I respect his technique. Definitely have watched him and and um, yeah, I I don't know. Fan is a weird word, but I definitely hold him in high regards as uh, as opposed to a lot of other fighters. Um, I, you know, I think yeah, yeah. Have you seen him around this hotel lately? No, like, I haven't no. seen him lately. Was he is he staying in his? RV somewhere or I something. Know. I don't well, know. He just he looks uh, like the white cuts. Uh, you, like usual, is having a bit of an impact on him. So I wasn't sure if you. If you yeah, I'm not too him. worried about it. I, I, uh, what, I, whatever. It's, I'm, I'm having a great weight cut. I have it down to, really just, a science to where I feel good the whole week. You saw me at the wor open workouts yesterday. I had energy. Uh, you know, tonight won't be too fun, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other fighters that are way more miserable. I don't cut too much weight. I think that benefits me a lot. You've seen a lot of these guys, they, they really drain themselves. And I don't think that's the way to do it. You know, I think that that was a way of the past. Everyone was cutting weight uh, together and they were matching up the, on fight day. They were both, you know, a little drained, so it didn't really show. But I think the guys that, the guys that uh, do it the right way, they don't cut too much weight, just a little bit. And I'm fortunate to where I'm not like, one of those in-betweeners. I'm like a, I'm a, I'm like a normal size 55 pounder. I'm not like a huge 55 or a small 70. I'm just like a, a regular 155er, and I think it suits me perfect. And uh, I got it, I got it down. Yeah, this is your second straight fight with an in-betweener with a guy that would probably benefit from a 165 pound division. Uh, it seems like Dana White has kind of closed the door on that idea. He said at least for the next seven years while I'm here, I don't expect to see a 165 division. But do you think that um, it would make a lot of sense to have a 65 and 75 division? I don't think so. I think it would be kind of the same problem. Guys would come down from heavier weight classes. People that, uh, if it was 165, it'd be like one, big 170 pounders coming down an extra five pounds. And it, it's no matter what, no matter what the weight class is, I think it would be it'd be a pretty similar problem. It's just there's guys that'll cut too much weight, and there's guys that feel comfortable fighting a bigger guy and feeling better doing it. I was I, even wrestling. I I always I always wrestled better against guys that were bigger than me um it's just kind of like my i guess maybe my style whatever it is i'm more of like a, a speed and technique person not, not really like a strong straightforward kind of person said you were a fan of his style what, what do you say about cowboy that you might be concerned about or do you feel you could do to uh win in this fight he's uh, he's got he's he can finish from anywhere he can He's won decisions. He's gone five rounds. He's fought at 170 against tough guys. He's fought at 150. He's just all around. He's been. He's got so much experience. That Alex. That last fight, you know, that that Alexander Hernandez came after him and uh, looked in the beginning like, oh, you know, this guy young, hungry. He's going for it. But that that experience really pulled through, and and he kind of just stayed level that whole fight. And when he saw his opportunity, he took it. And I think that's. That's his biggest strength is like uh, he's just he he knows how to he knows when to use his energy he 
kind of feel he felt out Hernandez the first round. Towards the end of that first round, he started picking it up. So he figured it out. He figured it out quick. He's been in there so with so many people that he can kind of call audibles on on the fly and and get the job done. Do you feel you have an edge in terms of mileage? I mean, like you said, you've been watching him a lot longer than he's been watching you. He's got you know the record for most fights in the Zupa era. It's kind of like uh, it, it could be the way. I mean, the experience. It's. I think my youthfulness is at an all-time high, and my experience is at an all-time high. I've fought. I've been in there with the best guys, but I'm also. I'm also young. I'm. I'm hungry. I'm. Uh, you know. I'm watering at the mouth to get up that at that top. Those top guys again. You know that that, that title shot. And, um, I'm just motivated. Uh, motivation. Now, I'm sorry, yeah, I know you mentioned wanting to fight Khabib again. Um, would you be interested in doing that on short notice again because you already did it? Or is it yeah, yeah, I don't, for, I'll <laughs> fight. Any, this, at this point, I've been through it all, so that wouldn't be, it wouldn't be short notice, even if it was on a day's notice. I, now, I, now I've got my, uh, you know, I'm prepared. Now I'm training for the title all the time. Al, uh, sorry, Al. Um, Clearly, you don't get paid by the hour. Five first-round finishes. Give the fans of Ottawa a preview. What what can they expect this Saturday in the fight? Uh, I honestly, I don't even know what to expect. I'm gonna just kind of go in there. It's like I've sparred with the best. Uh, I've sparred with the best kickboxers, wrestlers, jujitsu guys, guys that are at the top of their at the top of the the the, the forefront of technique. You know, I don't think I don't know. I don't know if there's anyone doing it like I'm doing it. Um, the sports science lab of Staten Island is a place that I've, I'm spending. It takes me an hour and a half to drive there from Long Island to Staten Island. And I'm training my brain. I'm training uh, physically, mentally, just things that I, I think I'm on the forefront of training. And I think it's going to show in, in there. Um, when, when guys get in there, they don't. It might not look like it from the outside, but they feel something in there that's different. They, I see the, sh I see the. Even if I get hit, I'm seeing it and I'm coming back with something right away. I'm not, I'm not getting hit, and I get hit, and it's not like uh, it, there's nothing surprising me. I've seen it all, and nothing, nothing's gonna surprise me on Saturday night. Do you think we're finally getting some clarity in the lightweight division? Uh, past year has been sort of up and down all over the place, and it seems like could be Corey uh, happening later this year. Things like, you know, things are getting. Uh, yeah, the division was kind of in a crazy limbo there for a while. I think it's still, you know, a little, you know, it's up in the air. But a good performance against a guy like the Cowboy is is what I need right now, and what will put me right up there with everybody. Al, do you think do you think a win over Cowboy puts you ahead of Gaethje, who just had that impressive win over Barbosa? And obviously Gaethje's not had very nice things to say about you as well. Do you think you guys need to sort it out first, or do you think this will put you ahead of him? Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see how the fight goes. You know, it's uh, like you said, the division's crazy. It could anything could happen. So I'm just worried about Saturday night. After after uh, Saturday night, if it goes the way, uh, if it goes as it should, if it goes the way, you know, if I do what I'm capable of, what I know I can do, it'll all work itself out. Hey, just to clarify, you're not scared of Justin Gaethje, right? Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely not scared of anybody. I think that uh, I'm 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 more scared of. Uh, not fighting for my worth like some of these guys are doing i think that you know i'm kind of i'm scared of not managing myself the right way uh but definitely not scared of fighting anybody yeah um just two questions for you first going back on the relationship with the ufc when did and he notice? poked barbosa in the eye no one ever said anything about that he poked him right in the eye he thinks like you know 
Put a technical bat. He, he better come at crazy. Down, this technical stuff. He, he'll be just technical enough to get his ass kicked for sure. Um, Sorry. No, that's awesome. When did you notice a tipping point in your relationship with the UFC? When did things look like they were on the up? Uh, it was um, I think it was like the uh, the Khabib fight. You know, I think they I I kind of showed them really what I was about. You know what I mean? Um. I think it's just me me just constantly putting in a, a strong uh, strong body of work, you know. I, I come to fight. The fans appreciate that I'm not like, I don't know, putting on a facade. I'm not like, a, you know, whatever. But, yeah, I think the, that was like the start of it. And last one, uh, both Leslie Smith and Kajan Johnson have been back in the news recently. And it had me wondering, for your involvement, what went wrong with Project Spearhead? Why did it not take off the way that... Uh, Perhaps the three of you were hoping it would. It's tough, man. It's a tough thing. It's uh, I don't know. I don't know what it's gonna. I don't know what it's gonna take. It's you know, it was they had their, their everyone had their uh, their heart in the right place. It was just uh, getting everyone together is kind of tough, you know. Um, it's gonna. There's a way to get it done. We just got to figure it out. Do you but, think it'll happen eventually? Yeah, I think so. I think that, you know, I think that it will benefit everybody. I think both sides will benefit from it eventually. You know, now there's other organizations that are, you know, they're uh, starting to put up some good money. You know what I mean? So guys are fighting out the contract and they're leaving. I think uh, um, that would really look good for the fight, you know, be a good reason for the fighters to stay if they had some, uh, you, know, you know, some some bargaining power and someone like kind of representing them in a general uh, general way, so I don't know. I hope I, you know, we keep keep uh, keep working towards it, and we'll see what happens. Thank you. Thanks, 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 Thank you guys. Appreciate it. All right, that was Ally Quinter. The second half of this, I, I better just. Quit saying it's going to be a phenomenal main event because I'm I'm going to totally jinx it. Knocking on wood, right? I already here. attacked the Knocking universe with it. So <laughs> he went straight at him. A uh, couple things there. Uh, first of all, I, I you know in addition to just typical pre-fight talk, but uh, I, I thought Al hit the nail on the head with the the whole 165 pound weight class thing. Uh, I, I am definitely in favor of 165. I'd like to see it happen, but I do think that people make a mistake when they argue for it because they say it'll fix weight cutting. It will not fix weight cutting. You'll right. have people that were better suited for 170 try to make it. You know, what I mean, it's it's not it's not going to fix anything. It, I think it should be added just because it gives us another division. It's another championship class. You know, I I think there's plenty of talent between 155 and 170. Those are the two deepest divisions the UFC has. I don't necessarily buy. Dana's uh, argument that he thinks it would water down the divisions. I get that's his take. Yeah. I think those divisions are deep enough that it's fine. So I would like to see it, but I don't like when people say, and the reason we need it is because it'll fix it'll fix the right. weight-cutting problem. It's We're not going to have middleweights dropping down. That's You're going to have legit middleweights dropping down to 165. It's, it's not <laughs> It's not going to fix anything. Uh, the other thing, though, is uh, win or lose, man, I think you can tell that Al is not a big fan of Justin Gaethje, so I hope at some point those two guys fight because that seems like another fight that uh, – would not suck at all. That would not and, suck. And uh, it's obvious that, uh, that that Justin bugs Al a little bit. I think you could tell that. So uh, I think everybody gets under Al's skin eventually. <laughs> that's why he's he, that's why he's raging that's Al. Why he's raging he's Al. not he's not happy with everything Al. <laughs>
<laughs> I love speaking of uh, raging out. I I, I love uh, the uh, people use the the cowboy emoji, you know, for for cowboy. People uh, use yeah. that reference. But I don't know if you saw uh, Laura Gilbert, a good friend from the USC. Yeah. She she uh, was doing like matchups in in oh, emoji yeah. form. What did she, what did she use? for that one? She used the one that's like the angry face with like s- s- uh, like smoke <laughs> coming <laughs> out of the nose, or whatever. Like, and I was like, that's perfect. That is that's the good. raging out emoji. I mean, the yeah. cowboy emoji better is than clear. just putting the house yeah. like a house icon. Oh or something. yeah, for the for the realtor. No, yeah. it's that just the steaming nose <laughs> coming out of. It. I, I thought that was I thought that was phenomenal. That's pretty good. That was good. Uh, listen, the rest of this card, um, you know, it's, those are the two big superstars here. No question about it. Uh, Brunson versus Theodora is, is a fight that matters in the middleweight division. But Who'd you pick in that uh, one? Uh, I think I went with Brunson in that Did one. You? Yeah. I think I went with Elias. I could see it. I normally would probably go Brunson, but Elias just has a way sometimes of just fucking pulling it it's out. It's not fun to watch, <laughs> but he is so effective at what he, he does. He really, really is. It he is really, not really the is. most entertaining at all times, but you can't argue with the track record. Yeah. Uh, Cub Swanson is coming back. Uh, Marab Devashvili versus Brad Katona. I'm actually really, really interested. And I should say, Shane Burgos versus Cub Swanson is a really good fight too, but I'm really excited to see Marab Devashvili versus Brad Katona. Uh, the, the big tickets in there, Walt Harris, um, uh, Macy Kieson versus uh, Sarah Morris on the prelims, uh, especially with Sarah living out here. And I, I like Macy a lot, man, especially Louisiana girl moving to Dallas to be part of that Fortis team. Uh, excited. But I, I will say, one fight that really stands out to me, Juan Adams versus Arjan Bueller. Um, I think it's a very, very competitive fight, and I'm excited. But also, um, circling back to, to Greg Hardy, Juan Adams, I mean, is relentless in his pursuit of how much he hates Greg Hardy. And to me, I mean, kind of win or lose, to be honest with you. I mean, if, if he loses, he'd be 5-1, and one, and if he wins, he'd be 6-0. and oh. I mean, if, if I, to me, this is a suitable test for Greg Hardy, yep. a, a guy that I mean, the build-up to the fight would be phenomenal because Juan yep. basically just peppers his social media every day with "F Greg Hardy." I mean, like completely unprovoked, he just hates him. So there's going to be some natural rivalry there that's going to get clicks and headlines for sure. And if a guy yep. is five and one or six and zero, oh, that's the type of guy that, that Greg Hardy wants to, be, uh, to to fight him. Uh, yep. It should be matched up. With. So that is a fight that I'm I'm very much uh, interested in for that reason because. I think it would be a, a good test and a fair test for Greg Hardy moving yeah. forward. And I think that's a great idea for Juan. To, I mean, he's picking a guy that everybody's saying. I mean, you know, Hardy just co-mained an event. You know, like he's he's a guy that's got upward trajectory. So for Juan to, like, pick a guy and you can't – when you look at it, one, he's picking a guy that's, you know, getting a lot of uh, push from the UFC, but he's also a guy that – is an easy target where it's like if he wants to gain fans, like I'm the guy that's going out there for the guy that easy. that beat on that's women it, or whatever, you know. Like, so I mean, he's getting a plus plus push in that. So I mean, good on him. Even if it's just a matter of you know, he's just smart about picking an opponent. You know, he's doing a really good job. So yeah, I mean, and you're right. I think that's a great fight uh, for him. I mean, and that is the kind of level of a guy that you want to see Hardy fighting. I guarantee. Well, I. I don't want to say guarantee that this will be a more exciting fight than the last <laughs> fight that we just saw. You, you never know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, – you're certainly going to see probably a, a, a Greg Hardy fired up because yeah. he, he has a reason to be fired up. And if Juan is true to his word, he's going to be pretty fired up too. So, I mean, that should be fireworks. I do, man. And it makes sense for, for record-wise – that's two level uh, – the two guys on a, an equal playing field yep. that should be fighting. I dig it, man. That's, so, I, that's a fight I want to see happen. Arjun's a tough test, man. It is a tough test. He, he, I mean, he, he certainly sh- uh, can't be looking past Arjun because uh, 
Arjun's another guy too that was coming in with a lot of uh, fanfare and a lot of people wanting him to be the flag bearer for a whole group of individuals, you know. So uh, definitely can't be looking past him because if he does, you know, Arjun in his smooth, easy-talking way is just going to fucking smash him. He's a very articulate dude. He is. I love that guy. I love listening to him talk, man. I just, I, I like his voice, man. I, I think he has the voice. He should like fucking narrate books or something. <laughs> I think he has. A, I think he has an interesting uh, voice. He does. You know, it, and, it's, and he's I always like he's it. always positive, man. He's always super very, positive. Yeah. Super positive. I like being around him, man. He's a good yeah. dude. He's a good dude. All right, uh, listen. We should, as we should say, uh, Bellator does have a card this week as well. Again, it is one that has like 14 prelims on it. Now, this is a Bellator Europe card, so this is not really necessarily meant for for us. It will be. Uh, I confirmed with him today because I was looking. I thought it was going to be on the zone, at least the main card. It's not. It's just going to uh, stream for free. Uh, on on their app or on MMA Junkie, so we will have the stream of this whole card. So if you want to watch it, uh, yeah, you do so have, you have to go to that. So I have to watch it on my phone. No, you can watch. We'll have it on the website too. Like their their app, they stream it on their own app, okay. and they also give us like an embedded code. Uh, gotcha. so that's that's how we show the prelims. So uh, so we'll have that on the site. So if you want to check it out on MMA Junkie, you can check it out there. Uh, Raymond Daniels, uh, the the noted kickboxer, is on the card in an MMA fight. Uh, Derek Campos returns against Pedro Carvalho. That could be a good fight. Fabian Edwards, um, the the much uh, hyped brother of Leon Edwards is in there as well. Uh, that's a guy that a lot of people have tabbed for, for big things. Brent Premise returns against Tim Wall. That's your main card. Uh, some some notables, uh, you know, from the from the European regional scene uh, on the prelims. I think uh, most notable Saul Rogers is on there. So um, you know, a couple, couple fights that could be uh, could be fun in the afternoon. So if you want to use that as a as a as a second screen, I guess, or a, a primer to lead into your uh, into your UFC, you can definitely do that. So. Uh, yeah, it's a European event. It's not really, it's not, it's not stacked as you would expect uh, a normal yeah. Bellator event to be. Because Europeans don't deserve it. By the way, a little tease, man. <laughs> wow, <laughs> so wrong. Let's say a little tease for next week. Uh, again, another weekend where the UFC and uh, Bellator will be going head to head, and we'll actually have Matt Erickson out in uh, Rosemont, Illinois. And uh, you will be heading down to Rio de Janeiro to cover UFC 237 with Fernando Prachas. Hello. Hello. Yes, yes. I didn't recognize that first place you said. (laughs) You'll be heading down there, so you'll have full coverage there. I will actually be – I'll be kicking it home. Next week is actually – my son's birthday is May 12th, so I didn't want to make the trip down to Brazil. And actually, his party is the next week because May 12th actually happens to be – while it's his birthday, it also happens to be Mother's Day. So we can't exactly do a party for him on Mother's Day because – Nobody would come because they would all be hanging out with their moms. So uh, I am also not doing the uh, the Rochester show. I think Matt Erickson is handling that one. So uh, yeah, got got a couple weeks at home, but yeah, it's going to be exciting. I, I got some news I haven't even shared with you, Kokab. Uh, we got to talk about it because uh, I have uh, accepted an offer to join the broadcast team at Final Fight Championship that do their events oh. over at the. Uh, at the heel, yeah. At the Rio, right here. I was wondering why you kept pushing that. Yeah, no, well, no, it's uh, no. <laughs> You're like I, we should go hang out at this thing. I was like, eh, something's coming. Yeah, no, no, no. I dig it, man. I, I, uh, I, I uh, Frank Mears joining the broadcast team as well. So I think it's oh. going to be myself, Frank Mears, and and uh, Joe Daddy Stevenson. I think we'll kind of be Joe rotating through a little bit. But yeah, it's interesting. So their events are on Thursday nights. Uh, so we'll have to figure out what we want to do. We could do the, sh- the the show afterwards, or we can do it. Uh, do it on Friday. Do it on fr- move it around. Do it on Friday. Well, I mean, the show typically always came out on Friday, anyways. 
Well, we're we're supposed to come out on Friday, but I mean, I mean, if you're going to be busy on Thursdays, we'll just move it to Fridays. We'll figure it out. Well, I guess next week won't matter because you won't even be here, but we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll yeah. figure it out. I really don't care. Wow. Great support of the show. No, I'm just saying, like, if it comes out on Friday, it comes out on Friday. It's yeah. still every week. That's true. We just shift the days. I mean, it was supposed to come out on Fridays anyways, and then somehow we got in the habit of always doing it on Thursdays. Right. Most people listen to it on Fridays anyways. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. It's not no, a big deal. It would just we'll be, it would be later Friday or early Saturday. I don't want to do that. For some of the ones. I don't want to do that. Well, it's I guess you can't call sense. the shows then. No, I got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, gotta, what, about, gotta, what about the podcast, John? I got to get back what into the broadcast. I enjoy calling fights, man. I, I really want get to get back into calling fights, man. I enjoy it, and I couldn't do it for several years uh, due to some contractual issues with USA Today, but now that I can, uh, I love it, man. I really, yeah. really enjoy doing it. So. You hear that? Are you be coming over here? Doing it early in the day, like we're doing it right now, early. Yeah, we, could do it. we could do it during the day. I don't have an issue with that. During the day, and then I'll just I mean, if it has to be on Thursdays, or again, like I said, just shift it to Fridays. Hmm. It's, it's all the same to me. I'll be, I'll be here, not calling. Well, some. I guess that's why you don't break news to your podcast partner on the podcast <laughs> as, we're, as, we're, <laughs> as we're sitting here trying to debate it in front of the world. I don't know. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, should we do it Thursday day or Friday? Let us know. <laughs> Hit us up at MMA Junkie John. Uh, all right, let's, last thing, real quick. Uh, I got to share this email that we got. And I'm pretty sure this is a serious email. It came to the MMA Junkie account. Uh-oh. And it had it was titled Online Bear Video. Oh good lord. And I'll read you. It says, "Hi. I'm a big MMA fan. I like a fair fight and the class that a good fight means. I recently saw on your website the video of Habib fighting a cub with a chain around its neck. That's despicable, a grown man fighting a cub. What would happen if a grown bear fights a kid?" This is not a fair fight or training. You know what a person harming another living creature for fun is called? A bully. Please don't show these type of videos. It only feeds into other ideas to abuse animals. What the fuck? That's, that can't be serious, right? Is somebody really watching Habib wrestle with a bear and their their idea is that it's abusing the animal? The bear? A bear. Well, there are some people that have been against circuses and all that sort of stuff for for many years. So, I mean, I think some people are impressed with the whole any any animal in captivity okay, for that, use for okay. entertainment. That I get. I will get. Yeah. You know what? I'll give you that one, and I would understand. But this says nothing. But about as it. for like hurting, he's it's not. Like, yeah, it's like Habib hurting, is but also, hurting I mean, the bear. <laughs> he's certainly not hurting, but he's certainly not doing anything uh, to make the bear's life any better. You know. Okay. So. All right. You taught me off the ledge of thinking this guy was a complete idiot. Yeah, it's probably the same person that uh, hates circuses and hates uh, that. I get any animals in a zoo, probably sort of thing. Even though zoos have been good for conservation of animals and a lot of uh, uh, education about animals, but there are I can see where some people are very very upset about zoos. But uh, well. Maybe not so much as zoos as much to like circuses. That's why even a lot of uh, circuses have changed the way that they use sure. animals because yeah. they have gotten a lot of flack. How do you say? But it does suck. I mean, like, do you understand this bear is in captivity? I was, but you know what? Yeah, you are right about that. But to me, this is saying that Habib is picking on a bear cub. Yeah, and it wouldn't be fair for an but adult bear he, to fight wasn't a he, kid. Wasn't he adult? Wasn't he a kid when? Well, no, he, he, did, he had another, he did one. another he did one. It again. Yeah, he said yeah. like, uh, I "Saw my old partner, my old training partner." Uh, gotcha. You know, well, so. I mean, come on, take it with a grain of salt. This is the same guy that made a homeless guy do fucking push-ups or whatever. 
So, I mean, if he could do that to a human being, he probably doesn't really care about uh, the animal's well-being. But, yeah, I mean, but I'm sure he he didn't. I mean, and these are, these are, the bear wasn't fucking hurt. I mean, these are animals that play around with their sharp teeth and razors. I'm sure that Habib sort of toying around didn't hurt it. But I get it. You know, like, it sucks, you know, when somebody's using an animal. But whatever. The bear wasn't fucking hurt, but <laughs> that's what I was it saying. sucks that Come the bear, that that's that the bear's life is. You know that does kind of suck because so just it was be probably a wrestling partner for him. Yeah, it was probably just some fucking rich Russian dude. That is, oh, by the way, in the backyard, I have a chained up fucking bear. <laughs> like that sucks, you know. <laughs> but I don't put it past that that doesn't happen over there like quite a bit. I'm sure he's got fucking women unchained on the inside. Oh, <laughs> hot sports opinions. <laughs> you know, I don't know how warlords or whatever best, saving live. Saving the best for last. <laughs> I mean. How do warlords live? I mean, is it only two or three? Got nothing only to say about Jack Hermanson versus Jacare, but when you come to talk about women being chained <laughs> up in the back for your warlords, he is all over it. You know, well, which is, which is more exciting? <laughs> Oh, man, and that's why you come to us for the, the yeah. Warlord Talk. Warlord Talk. <laughs> All right, well, I got to run. got things to do with the family. It's been a beautiful Thursday afternoon. I know you got work to do as well, so we'll just tell everybody at this point. <gasps> Thanks for listening.